Happy Easter, everybody. Uh, obviously, I'm not uh, in the pulpit right now or even in our front of the room camera at Prince of Peace. We decided if there was ever a year to not be inside the building, it's this year. So I found a cave and I, I talked Nick and Paul and Amy into, into walking uh, like a half a mile in the woods to come and sit in front of this cave and record today. So it is my hope. Um, that hearing this very familiar story in a different place will help you hear it with just different ears. So I'm going to start by reading the gospel for this Easter Sunday. And as I read, I want you to take note of a verse or a line that might strike you differently. Maybe you've heard it, yes, year after year, but hearing it here on this day, in this place, in this way, maybe something sticks out. So here we go from John's gospel, the 20th chapter. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw the stone had been removed. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and they went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and he saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He too saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed, for they did not yet understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. When she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabuni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. The Gospel of the Lord. So now, if we were live and in person, you bet I would ask for some of you to tell me what stuck out to you, and you'd all stare at me with wide, panicky eyes, or you'd quick look down at your lap as to not make eye contact with me. But for today, if you so choose, I'd like you to share in the comments a verse or a line that maybe jumped out to you new this year. No pressure, it's always challenged by choice around here, but if you're so inclined, type it in the comments. 
I love John's telling of the resurrection story. It is my favorite of the four. It's rich with images and emotions and details that make this my favorite story. There are parts of this from John's gospel that make me laugh every year. In case you don't remember, the, the disciple who Jesus loved the most is John, and John makes sure we know about it. <laughs> he says, he calls himself the disciple Jesus loved, you know, just to make sure we hear it again. And then he says, you know, he, he ran faster than Peter. They were running to the tomb, but he was faster. You know, the one, the one Jesus loved was faster. Uh, and then he makes sure to bring it up a second time. You know, the one who got there first, then he went into the tomb. Okay, John, slow your roll, little buddy. There are some other verses that popped out to me this year in light of this Easter on this year. I remember last year on Easter Sunday reflecting that the empty sanctuary felt like the empty tomb. We were still, in that year, relatively new to the pandemic. We didn't really know what was happening. We were just kind of trying to get through Easter Sunday and wonder what it meant. We didn't have any idea how long we would be doing this and certainly not expecting a second Easter in a pandemic. So this year, the first line that stuck out to me in this story that I've known and loved for many, many years was the words, while it was still dark. Everyone keeps using this phrase right now, that we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And yet that implies that we are still in the tunnel, right? We're not out of it yet. It's still dark. It's still dark. While it was still dark, John says. Now, Mary comes to the tomb while it's still dark, and any woman knows you do not go on walks by yourself in the dark. That's not what you're supposed to do. doesn't matter the century you're in or where you are in the world. It's just not safe. But Mary does it. And as I wondered why she did this, the one word that came to me over and over and over again was grief. She's grieving. Anyone who has had a loved one die knows that fog of early grief. She had just watched Jesus die. It had not been very many days yet. There's that haze you kind of wander around in wondering what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to act. If this is real life, every day you wake up, you have a moment where you think it's not real and then remember it is. So Mary, not unlike many of us, goes to the place Jesus was buried and she goes while it was still dark. To me, this implies that she woke up in the middle of the night and couldn't sleep anymore and decided to go where Jesus was. She didn't wait until it was light out or until she had somebody to go with. She was just propelled out of her house into the darkness to grieve. I find this so relatable, so familiar, and so hopeful. Easter begins when it is still dark. Not in the brightness of day, not in a blaze of light with trumpets blaring, but while it's still dark. Easter begins in the dark. I love the birds. <laughs> There's lots of bird noises right now. I hope, you'll be, I hope you can hear them, but uh, I can. <laughs> the next verse that really stuck out to me in this reading of John's Gospel this year was, Then the disciples went home, but Mary stood weeping at the tomb. Don't forget, you know, John got there first. The disciples run to the tomb to see what Mary has told them, to see if it's true. <clears throat> Believe women. I'm just going to throw that out there. And when they see that it is indeed empty and she was telling them the truth, what do they do? Well, they go back home. Now, John says they don't really know what had happened exactly. They don't know that an empty tomb means resurrection. 
We know that, of course, of course we do, but they don't, so they go home. What else can they do? But Mary stays. She stays and cries. She stays there crying. Now, maybe the grief is worse at this moment that she thinks something has gone very, very, very wrong. Debbie Thomas, author and pastor, says Peter and the beloved disciples leave when they see the empty tomb, but Mary stays bewildered and bereft. She refuses to abandon what is real, even when what is real is unbearable. That this moment of weeping is included in the story to me, crier, extraordinaire, that this is included in this story is so gorgeous. Mary's grief is seen, not once, but twice, by the angels and by the gardener. It is not ignored, and it is an important part of this story. Because death of any kind is painful. Loss is painful. And before we can experience the joy of resurrection, we have to feel these impossibly painful feelings. This question that she is asked, why are you weeping? Debbie Thomas says she can think of no better question to be asking on Easter Sunday. To not rush so quickly into the bright light and cheery disposition of this day, but to see the sorrow that weighs still on so many of us. She asks, why are you weeping? Are you weeping for someone who has died of the coronavirus? Are you weeping in fear that you or someone you love might contract it? Are you sad because you've lost your job? Are you grieving for the unemployed and uninsured? Are you in tears because the world has changed and your place in it feels newly uncertain or still shaky? Are you grieving because your faith has not sustained you as wholly as you thought it would? Are you sad because you miss the weekly comforts and rituals of church and community? Are you crying because you're lonely? Are you weeping for your children and your grandchildren who must inherit a world so filled with pain? Why are you weeping? Mary's tears are important and matter to the story and they cannot be ignored just to rush ahead to an Easter joy. I have always found this part so strange. Mary had been around Jesus for years, years. And she didn't recognize him when he was standing right in front of her. How is this even possible? How did she think he was the gardener? We hear this part of the story and we think if it were me, I'd totally recognize Jesus. And I just keep thinking about this moment and going back to that first thing I mentioned, which was that early hazy fog of grief. When little moments of grace and mercy show up around you, but you are so deep in your grief that there is just no way for you to see it for what it is. We too might think it's just the gardener. Author and speaker Jen Hatmaker talked about this very thing in the past year when her life was falling apart and she was in a daze and didn't know what was happening. And every time someone showed up for her, helped with her kids, came to sit with her and cry, took care of a meal or an appointment or anything, she said, oh, that, that wasn't Jesus, it was probably just the gardener. That phone call or card or meal or flowers that show up just when you're at your breaking point, just the gardener. How many times does Jesus show up right in front of us, right in front of us? And we are so caught up in the middle of our grief and our trauma, we don't see him for who he is. Now there's 
zero judgment for this, zero. I think it's exactly the reason it's included in the story because Mary does it too. She's not shunned or ridiculed or shamed for being not able to see Jesus through her tears. And why would she really? I mean, it's not expected. Jesus died. She watched it happen. The impossible happened as a result. And when she realizes it, she says, teacher, which is this Hebrew word that's given, but it's translated as teacher. It's kind of a stronger word than that, more like master, which is also kind of an icky word. So it's like a stronger leader teacher word. We don't really have a good translation of it, but she says teacher. She recognizes Jesus for who he is. And then Jesus gives her one task. He says, go and tell the others. So she does. She runs back. She tells the other disciples, I have seen the Lord. This is the last verse that stuck out to me. It sticks out to me every time, of course, because it's so confident. She doesn't say, I think I saw Jesus. She says, I have seen the Lord. She just lays it out there. What she says is true. There's no doubt in her mind. And now we know from other gospel tellings of this moment that not all the disciples believe her, but that doesn't stop her from sharing what she has seen, what she has experienced, and what she knows to be true. Mary is, and forever will be, the first one to share the good news of this day. While it was still dark, before she fully understood it, before anyone else experienced it with her, I have seen the Lord, she said. I think this is the work for all of us on this day. This Easter, after the year we've had, we have come here to the empty tomb again, again. And this year, maybe more this year than ever, the world needs to hear there is good news. Death does not win. It didn't then, it doesn't now. Even in the midst of our continued grief and sorrow and fear, Jesus shows up among us to proclaim this new life where we only saw death, where we were only expecting death. While it was still dark, while Mary was weeping, even though she thought he was the gardener, she saw Jesus risen, resurrected. I have seen the Lord. This is our story as well. While it's still dark, while we're in the tunnel and can see the light, while we are still weeping, even when we don't recognize him, Jesus shows up and then sends us out. He is risen. Happy Easter.